where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On today's episode of Paid in Puke, we're bonding over Paul Feig's 2011 comedy Bridesmaids, starring Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne, Melissa McCarthy, Ellie Kemper, and Wendy McClendon-Covey. In Bridesmaids, a competition ensues between the maid of honor and a bridesmaid over who is the bride's best friend. big news. Ooh, I can't wait. I'm engaged. What? Will you be my maid of honor? Of course. (laughs) You'll love the rest of the bridesmaids. I'd be more than happy to handle the bachelorette and the shower. I think I can handle it. I wanted to come over some ideas for the bachelorette party. I was thinking Las Vegas. Strip club. Disney World. Fight club. Go to a fight club? No, we're not going to go to a fight club. okay. We're going to be the fight club. Vegas it is. I'm a nervous flyer, I'm sorry. I had a dream last night that we went down. You were in it. What? You should just toss it back. I'm ready to party! You're going to take this huge step, and I'm going to be there right next to you. I am dead serious. Dead serious. Will you marry me? Yes. This movie is written by Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, or Mumolo, whichever one that ends up being, we'll find out. Annie Mumolo. And that actress is uh, Annie's seatmate on the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, like I love talks. her. She says everything so fast. She yeah. says it so fast. I had a dream last night that we went down. You were in it. Yep. You should just toss it happening. I have to go to the bathroom, but I heard about a woman who went to the bathroom on a plane. She got sucked into the toilet. Sucked right in. Yeah. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a dream. <laughs> 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 I know, Kristen Wick talks fast, too, not in this movie, but in general she can, so I wonder yeah. if they kind of have a Oh, God, the, like, just bit. getting lady, I love that. Yes, I love the just getting lady, too, so much. <laughs> I'm fine. Besides, I can't come back another time because I'm too busy. Just kidding, I'm not busy. Just kidding, I am, but I make time for you. Just kidding, I know how to make time. Just kidding, but I know how to make pies. Just kidding, I don't. Just kidding, I do, and I'll make one right now. Just kidding, I can't because I don't have a pan. Just kidding, I do, but I gotta buy sugar. Just kidding, I have what I need, but I don't have a stove. Just kidding, there's a stove under here. It's hot. Ouch. Just kidding, there's no stove under here. There's one in my house. Let's go there right now. Just kidding, we can't all go together because it's hard to travel in a group. Just kidding, we can't do it because my car's not big enough. Just kidding, we're in it right now. This whole studio is my car. Just kidding, it isn't. Just kidding, it is. Beep beep, get out of my way. Anyways, a fun fact right out of the gate is that I don't know if anyone remembers going to the movies or seeing trailers in the movies, but a long time ago, when we could go to the movies, there was a trailer for a movie called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Yes. yes! Did they write this too? They wrote that and, and they're going to be this two stars yeah. too. Oh, that, that I want to see yeah. that. Yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah. We'll probably do that, I imagine. 
for the pad. But uh, yeah, this is a classic. We've been talking about doing this since season one, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and it's now a we're classic doing classic women-driven comedy. It was so hilarious in the movie theater. I was like, this is like what I was missing when I was growing up. Do you know how many times I've watched Billy Madison in my life? Like, <laughs> for real, like, I if, know. Um, and now there are like women that are hilarious and it's their movie. Like, yeah, I'm glad I, women like, finally learn how to become funny. <laughs> right, finally. That's my favorite essay from that Lindy West book. The witches are coming. So there's one about Billy Madison. Billy, Their I complicated relationship that. with Adam Sandler, which I totally relate to and have a similar story, which is basically how, like, that's all we had back then. Oh Irreverent God. comedy. This it was is... Adam Sandler and nothing else. I and... saw Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, like, a million times. Yeah. <laughs> and Tommy Boy, it was funny, but it was yeah, like... Yeah, men can be funny. Men, I mean, men can be funny, but yeah. I want more... Or Bridesmaids movies. Yeah. God, I really wanted them to win the Oscar because it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. I just remember seeing them at the Oscars and I oh being interviewed on the red carpet and I was like, oh my God, Kristen Wiig is nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And Melissa McCarthy was nominated for it too. Oh, right. Yeah. That's amazing. That would have been awesome. I'm literally getting chills right now. <laughs> These are amazing performances from yeah. absolutely everybody. I fucking love Melissa McCarthy. We could do a whole season on her. I I know. You probably could. This is the first time I saw her in anything. I know. It was like, who is she? I'm like, can she come to my house and get me off the couch? (laughs) I know. I I mean, I'm alive and I'm biting you in the ass. I don't think you want any help. I think you want to have a little pity party. Yeah, I think Annie wants a little pity party. Is that what you want? You're an asshole, Annie. Oh my God, what are you doing? You're an asshole. I'm life, huh? Life bothering you? Yes, that's I'm life, Annie. I'm life, Annie. Oh, what are you doing? What are you, Megan? You better learn to fight this life. Yeah, life is gonna. I'm life, and I'm gonna bite you in the ass. Ow! Ow! Megan, not me. You're life. She's terrific. We were having a really hard time coming up with the lunchtime poll, and we'll talk about this later, but one of the options that Christina came up with, which I thought was funny, but we didn't end up going with it. We'll talk about your Megan friend who's really intense, but also very caring and loving. God, I love her so much. And I was like, I "I can't think of anybody. If you can't think of anybody, then you are the Megan. I think it might be me. I might be the Megan, but I'm okay with that. Megan's Megan's awesome. Yeah. That's one of the many things I love about this movie. In any other movie that we would have seen growing up, she would be like the loser character, you know? Yeah. And then in this movie, all of the characters, maybe not Maya Rudolph because we don't know that much better, but she's the one that has her life the most together. Like yeah. everybody else, there's something that's kind of not going right in their lives, whether it's like hidden or more obvious, but she's the one that is just killing it. Like, yeah, absolutely. She's made it through the other side of high school and I just love the scene where she comes over. This is a friend standing in front of you, listening to you talk about how you don't have any friends. I just love her honesty. and The part where she's with the other bridesmaids and she's like, Lillian's probably in the bathroom (laughs) sobbing because she knows she's going to have to like be with my brother. I think we can all agree he's an asshole. like well maybe he is an asshole but i mean that's another movie but i love that you don't get to know him at all like i do i know 
love that too. It's because it's very much the reverse of like, and I hang over, we don't know anything about the bride and that. I love that they go with that reverse I feel like growing up, anytime there's an overweight female character, it's like any scene that they're in has to reference that in some way. It's such a flip for me. They don't make an issue of her weight. It's so weird how that's such a movie thing, you know? Or just like everything about her appearance because she doesn't wear makeup and she just wears comfortable clothes. Right. And... It's really not an issue. She's the only one who really references it when she's doing that pep talk to Mm -hmm. Annie. And she's like, you might look at me and think I sailed through high school, but not the case. (laughs) I know you look at me now and think, boy, she must have breezed through high school. Not the case, Annie. No, this was not easy going up and down the halls. They called me a freak. Do you think I let that break me? Think I went home to my mommy crying, oh, I don't have any friends. Oh, Megan doesn't have any friends. No, I did not. You know what I did? I pulled myself up, I studied really hard, I read every book in the library, and now I work for the government. I have the highest possible security clearance. Don't repeat that. She knows who she is. She likes herself. She has a good life. She's not a joke in the movie. I like that. Whenever Uh, you're laughing, you're laughing at what she's saying because she's very funny. You're not laughing at her. Right. And I really like that (laughs) about that character. And the heat is so good. That is one of my my absolute favorite comedies. Oh, I know. Where was this when I was a kid? Yeah. I really hope that it comes as a surprise to future generations that there was like a hundred years of movies without women in action buddy comedies. And superhero (laughs) movies. I mean, I guess we had Wonder Woman, but that was just the show. That wasn't even, yeah, we didn't have, the first Wonder Woman movie was the one that came out a couple years ago. Right, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, we didn't have any of that. Movies about women are rom-coms or dramas, romantic dramas probably, and that's it. Usually like the lady dies is, you know, that's a genre of its own. Yeah. (laughs) The dead lady movie. I mean, there's a reason why we don't do a lot of movies before, <laughs> before the 90s, 1996, I guess. 1996, year. Yeah. That was a sea change year. So good, so good. I guess we can talk about Hot Probs, though. Shut up. Hot Probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. Because it's right, a great yeah. movie, but it has a couple of Hot I Probs. I Probs, for sure. Yeah. Both shows. My biggest Hot Prob, and kind of the whole movie's premise hinges on this, is that I really hate that Annie doesn't like give Helen a chance. And it crushes me every time. I love the scene with the dueling toast. Like it's so funny. (laughs) But I also love Helen. I'm gonna be a Helen apologist for this. You know, when Helen gives that toast, yes, like Helen's like kind of over the top and all that, but when she says to her, we went on that trip. And we just sat and drank wine and ate peanut brittle and I shared things with you that I've never shared with anyone. And you made me realize how I can trust people again. Lillian, after Tulsa, okay, I get it, but she's actually really cool. She's a good one. It really bothers me that her best friend is telling her this is a very close friend that I have made who is important to me. It really bothers me that she doesn't even give that a chance. Yeah. And I know that Annie's not in a good place. I just don't forgive that, especially when she and Helen finally talk, like on the day of the wedding and Helen comes to her and Helen Mm -hmm. apologizes, but she doesn't apologize to her. That just really bothers me. I want to know my friend's friends. I agree with that. I also am just the tiniest bit of an Annie apologist (laughs) just because, and I do think they owe each other apologies. Mm Mm-hmm. And I agree that it's fucked up that Annie didn't apologize. But I do think that Helen did some fucked up things, too, in the interest of the competition. I mean, Annie definitely started the competition. I think it would have been better, maybe, if Lillian had introduced Helen before the wedding scenario. Because that is, like, a really intense 
way to meet someone. Yeah. I can see how Annie would feel threatened in that environment. She's like, this is someone who you love, and I've never met them before now. And she seems like she's kind of vying for the maid of honor position, and that's threatening. And I can see both point of views here. Oh, I definitely can, yeah. It's just that I have to land on Helen's team. And then when Mm -hmm. you say who started the competition, I feel like Annie goes into it having won. When you get married and you pick a maid of honor, there is like a little friend competition kind of. So she's the maid of honor. I mean, I see totally what you're saying. It's just that's kind of why I land on Team Helen. I feel like Helen's more willing to give the other one a chance. I just feel like Mm -hmm. Annie is just never willing to even consider. Mm -hmm. Lillian says, I can see what you're saying with the hair and the gown. Yeah. She's actually really cool. It just bothers me that Annie doesn't give that a thought. Yeah. It is messed up that Annie doesn't apologize. And she shouldn't have been negative about Helen to her friend, you know? I think she Mm -hmm. probably should have just kept that to herself. Well, yeah, I do think William makes a very good point when they have that big fight of, why can't you just talk about me behind my back? You know what? Why can't you just be happy for me and then go home and talk behind my back later like a normal person? (laughs) Very good point. There were a couple moments on the plane where she's pushing (laughs) these pills. I have something. You'll fall asleep, wake up, and we'll be there. Here. And it really fucks her up, and then on top of that, she gives her like a huge. She gives her a massive scotch. It's like a triple. Yeah, I just think that uh, what you gave me didn't really do anything. I just had too much adrenaline or something, but thanks. Why don't you take my scotch? It'll just give the pill a little kick that it needs. Honestly, I do it all the time. Yeah? Yeah, and I'm much smaller than you, so you'll handle it. I love when she's like, I'm much smaller than you. Yeah, I'm much smaller than you. I mean, I'm saying, like, everything Ellen does. And then, like, uh, you know, like, everyone should be in first class once in their life. Or she'll be fine. There's much more of a community in Coach. (laughs) I know. Uh, That's a problem for me, too, just because out-of-touch rich people are a hot-button thing for me. But she did offer to pay for the ticket, which is cool. I'm I'm really glad that they threw that line in there, because otherwise... It would be like, well, that's really fucked up that you just let her be in coach, but like that she offered and Annie declined is definitely a big point in Helen's favor. And I think the movie does a great job with all of that. Like when Megan has that talk with Annie and she says, you know, you're your problem and you're also your solution. Like it's really true, like how much Annie gets in her own way. She doesn't have the money, like she picks this crazy expensive bridal store for the bridesmaids dresses she's the one who picked that place yeah and then it's like well i can't afford this yeah dress, that's you know fun. and then they offered to let her fly first class and she said no but then she's all resentful and coming in <laughs> she really is her biggest problem it definitely bothers me that she said no because if anyone was like i'll buy you a first class <laughs> yes. ticket I, why would you say yeah, no to that it apart, eh? i'm so much more relaxed thank you helen i just feel like I'm excited, and I feel relaxed, and I'm ready to party with the best of them, and I'm gonna go down to the river. Yeah, exactly. There's no part of me that's proud yeah, enough to be like, nope. no thank you. Yeah. <laughs> God. I had a lot of empathy watching this again after many years. For Annie, because I feel like I personally had a really low time when I was unemployed, very underemployed, and a lot of people in my friend group are just doing so well and they have boats and second homes. And I was taking care of their dogs while they went on trips mm-hmm. together. And I totally feel that. You feel like you have nothing and then your best friend who's like the last thing you have you feel like you're losing that and it's like 
fuck, where do, what do I have? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's really in a low point. That scene where she's baking. It's a beautiful It's such a beautiful scene. And she makes these awesome petals of hand paints, the flower cupcake, and then she eats it. She can't even enjoy the things that she... The things that she would love. She's really just yeah. lost herself. Hunger hurts and I want to so bad over kills Cause I know I'm a messy Don't wanna clean up I got to focus These hands are too shaky to hold Hungers, we starving works When it comes too much to love I felt like, oh my god, I know what that's... I feel Right. I feel like I still haven't recovered from that time fully. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure intense. these permanent scars, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. I yeah. do love how deep this movie goes. It's about someone having a yeah. really rough time. Like, on the flip side of that part, like, I can relate much more to Helen. Not, like, because I'm rich and beautiful, but <laughs> just that idea of, like, from the outside, looks like everything's yeah. going great. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. That's part of what I hold against Annie is when they try to hang out together and they're at the tennis club and, like, her stepkids obviously hate her oh annie these are my kids oh. stepkids step <laughs> oh. they're so hilarious funny. <laughs> excuse me my husband's kids what are you guys up to going to the snack bar awesome you need to ride home later fuck off helen okay put a quarter in the swear jar good to see you so cute. It's obvious that she's like very unhappy in her own way. She's the person that I can read. Like, I love how like nothing's going perfectly for anyone except Megan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Helen a lot. I mean, I love Rose Byrne. Um, I love her so Like, much. I, I was glad that they reconciled Annie and like all mm-hmm. the bridesmaids. It was, I felt like there was a good resolution. There is, yeah. And I mean, wedding shit is intense. Even if you're going for low key, like it can get intense. I tried to do the most low-key wedding possible, and it still was a little bit dramatic, just because it always has to be a little bit. The one thing that, like, I really can't forgive Helen for is stealing the Paris bridal shower idea. I thought that, yeah. That's her offense, for sure. That's so fucked up. Are you fucking kidding me? If she'd only just talked to Annie about it at all. Yeah. Instead of surprising her with this. Yeah. And then the icing on the cake with the trip to Paris. Right. <laughs> it's really not cool the way Annie calls her out on it, but I definitely understand <laughs> right. why she's upset yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, Annie goes way overboard, but, like, yeah, she's that's that's the most team Annie I am. Oh, my you God. Know, it was that, so you know. satisfying. Look at the shower! Look at that fucking cookie! Did you really think that this group of women was going to finish that cookie? Really? Oh, you know what? That reminds me, actually. I never got a chance to try that fucking cookie! I also love that scene, like when they show what Annie's gift is to her and then what Helen's gift is to her. I know who this is from. I can tell by the wrapping. Annie, you made this. Look. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. It's us, Annie. This is all my favorite stuff from all the stores I love in Milwaukee. Annie, it's so unbelievable. Wilson Phillips. <laughs> we listened to Hold On probably 10,000 times when I got my driver's license. This is such an amazing gift. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh my God, Helen. Honey, what is it? Helen's taking me to Paris. <gasps> oh! 
I'm not going to defend Helen for the Paris thing, but mm. I'm just saying it's consistent with Helen in that this is the only way she knows how to get people to like her. I'm sorry, she just really gets me in the toast when she says that about how you made me realize I could trust yeah. Helene again. Because like what I see in Helen is someone that's this vapid, beautiful, rich lady that nobody takes seriously, you know, that there's nothing yeah. beneath the surface. And so it's easier for her to just throw money at people. You know, that's mm-hmm. like what she thinks people like about her and how she gets people to like her. Go, oh, I know the owner, right? You know, mm-hmm. I can take you to Paris. Whereas Annie gives like such a thoughtful gift that she made herself, you yeah. know, like, like, I love how this movie is just so deep, you know? Yeah. Like, like, it's so funny and raunchy, but also, there's so much going on in this Yeah. Movie. The physical comedy is just amazing <laughs> in this. I know. I mean, there's, so there's one thing I, I read that Judd Apatow pushed for the food poisoning scene, like, it wasn't in the original script, but he wanted something crazy, like, how gross that wacky scene. I think that scene is so fucking so, funny. It is. And I guess, I don't know if it's just because of, I'm an IBS sufferer and I really understand <laughs> having to take shits at very inappropriate inconvenient times. So I'm just always crying laughing when I watch that oh, scene. Melissa, Every time. And Melissa I've seen it so McCarthy many times. sitting in the sink. <laughs> like, it's just so it's hilarious. So you know, I don't really care which dress we get. It doesn't matter to me. I just need to get off this white carpet. No, okay. Oh, no, not the bathroom. Oh, Everybody, oh, go outside. Oh, I'm serious. Oh. There's a bathroom across the street. Oh my god, she's a comedic genius. Her first face when she's like, What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) She has some good face acting. All her reaction shots during the toast is so funny. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than shitting in the street in a wedding dress. Oh no, where are you going? I need a bathroom. He has a really funny laugh and he gets really tickled by gross out humor like that. And when Maya Rudolph is in, she's like, it's happening. (laughs) That's, I think, the hardest I have ever heard him laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And just the back and forth between Helen and Annie when she's like, you the Jordan Almond. Uh, Oh yeah. She's like, I think I'm just hungry. Jordan Almonds. They're great. Thank you. I was just hungry. The sound when she chews the almonds. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so much like sweat on her upper lip. It's like oh, so dripping. So... I love that scene. Yeah. Okay, so I have a hot prop which is about Rhodes. As cute as oh, Rhodes yeah. is, I just don't think you need him. And the no. movie, like, I mean, yeah. every Judd Apatow movie, he didn't make this movie really, he produced it, but I feel like he's just like, if it has right. my name on it, it has to be over two hours, that's just how right. it goes. Right. I just don't think you need Rhodes. I don't... And is the cop thing, like, really funny anymore? Right. I don't know if that I mean, would yeah, fly. that's definitely, like, part of it is a problem, just because, yeah. like, he is a cop. Like, and we're not all bad. Like, he's cute, but a cab, yeah. Yeah, right? Right. So, he's very charming. Also, he's really... He puts the carrot back in the bag. 
bag after it falls on the ground. Oh. I'd never noticed that before, but I was just like, what the fuck? You just bought that bag of carrots. Oh, that's very upsetting to me. (laughs) Especially in these times. It never would have been into that because they're in a parking lot of a convenience store, but the three second rule does not apply here, my God. Right. Also, he's really pushy about the baking thing. Yes. She's been so Oh, uh, yes. Like, that's what I thought. I, I find that to. very upsetting. I, okay, like, the, he's so kind of a dick. So, and I don't think he ever gets it either. Right. Your workshop awaits. I know it's a bit crazy, but I, I popped out and I got a few little bacon bits and pieces, butter, milk, because I thought that it would be fun for us to bake together today. I mean, obviously, you will be doing the baking. I will be doing the eating because you are the expert. I don't really want to... Sorry, you went to all this trouble, but... Come on, I know you haven't done it in a while, but it'll be great. Don't be silly. Just get into it. You're so good at it. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm sorry. I should just... Uh, Annie, I don't... I don't know what you're getting so upset about. Because you don't know me. You don't know anything about me or my life or... Well, no. I don't know what you're trying to do here. I don't need you to fix me or... To fix you? I don't need any help. I mean, who do you think you are? Jesus, honey, we had a really good time, and now you're being all... It's my fault. I shouldn't have come here last night. Last night was a mistake. <sighs> Fuck, all right. I think that's going to be a fight they have again because he, like, never really... She was too... She was being weird about it. She didn't appreciate this nice thing I did for her. Right. It's one thing if he'd been like, what if we go to the store and buy some stuff? Or even buy the stuff already, but just be like, can we bake together today? I'd really like to bake together. She she was so right. And if she said no, then don't push it. She was already mentioned it so many times. She's like, no, I'm just not doing that anymore. I know. And it's like, she's Very classic toxic masculinity. Yeah. He was, he was really selfish about, like, it was about his feelings of being rejected for her saying, like, you don't know me. He doesn't really, you know? Yeah. Like, and then he is such a dick about the cake when she bakes it for him, which I'm fucking right. mad about. Yeah, I he don't leaves love that. it outside for the raccoons. And even though he says later he ate it, I'm like, at no, what point did you eat it? Because yeah. the raccoons were all up in that shit. <laughs> like, it's so clever that she makes a carrot cake. You know, it's like, it's not really a really fucking cake, cute. But it's shaped like a carrot and they ate carrots. It's like, Especially because, like, he's the one that owes her an apology in that situation. Right. See, the apologies are all wrong in this movie. (laughs) Yes, you're right. That is a big problem. And I just think, in general, surprises like that can be really problematic and selfish. In general, I find surprises, like, big grand gesture surprises problematic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a hallmark of emotional. It's such a. really. It's so much pressure on the person. Yeah. Well, especially this is what we're gonna do. It's not even like, oh, here's this big thing that I got for you or something. It's like this big surprise that involves you doing some labor. You know what I mean? Yes, and I feel like he does. Even say like, I'm not gonna be doing any of the baking. You're going to do the baking, and I'm going to do the eating. Yeah. Mm, Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh, well. (laughs) I know. Just God forbid, like, a woman be single at the end of a movie. I think that's what it is. And they do such a good job with sidelining Tim Heidegger's character, you know, with, like, having it be not really about the wedding. It's only about the friendships. But then they've really just shoehorned this romance in. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be there. And it could have been, like, a comedy of a reasonable length without it, so. Yeah. I (laughs) mean, she could just do the the character arc and things are getting better or whatever, but it's not because... Right. She has this guy that she's right. meeting but up with. Even if yeah. it's just ends up her dropping John Hamm because he sucks and she sees 
sees how all these people who are coupled, their relationships suck. Maybe it's not so bad to just be on your own, you know. Yeah, and she could have yeah. baked an apology cake for Ellen or for Lillian, for right, anybody. Right. There's all kinds of people she could have baked an apology cake right. for. Yeah. It didn't have to be this or dude she just met. thank you cake to Megan. You know? yes. yes. exactly. In the shape of too many puppies. How many of those did you take? I took nine. I took nine. Yeah, I, uh, I did, I think, slightly overcommit to the whole dog thing. It turns out I'm probably more comfortable with six. It's a lot, that's a lot of energy to deal with. Just watching it over again, when I watched this in my early 30s when it came out, I was watching it this week and I was like, Oh, engagement parties, right, that's a thing. Like people, people like doing right? Oh, and then there's like a shower. So many events. The, yeah. And it's so like, oh my god. Right. What An the engagement fuck? party, a bachelorette party and a shower. And rehearsal dinner. They don't have oh, that right, in this, yeah, but that's like another sure thing that, that happens. Thing, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about all that shit. In my twenties and thirties, I'm going to all these weddings and I'm in all these weddings. That was just a part of like every year I feel like uh, I, don't, I don't need whatever it's just wedding culture is pretty stupid yeah like <laughs> i'm not is. like yeah. i'm so far out of that that i don't know that i could ever be into that again you know what i mean you don't have to be but you yeah. kind of grow up uh, groom really for that mm -hmm. like that's a part yeah. of your life all those weddings i went to and there were all those traditions once you're yeah. over it you can't get under it again oh, i also sure. feel like typically most of your friends are your own age so that happens all around the state you know people get married typically like late 20s early 30s so you have this spate for a few years where there's so many weddings and Who's getting married now, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, there's a couple second weddings, but not too many. Right. Yeah. Or if you got married for the first time in your 40s, you might not make such a big deal about it. I mean, weddings are still fun and awesome to go to, I guess. I feel like I'm free of that <laughs> expectation in my mind. I mean, it's definitely you know starting I mean? to change. I feel like the last several weddings I went to were very non-traditional. And that's great. It's like just getting more and more to be, fuck all the tradition. Right. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I want to have fun. And if I'm not having fun, then what's the point? Yeah, a wedding should just be like a big party or whatever. You know, it really should. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I didn't make that many concessions. I mostly did what I want, but I had to make a couple still because of family requests and obligations and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to tell my kids, if they want to get married, literally do exactly what you want to do. Yeah. Don't do anything on my account. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Like, like I don't including even... like you can elope. I floated that idea to my mom once and she was like, I want to be at your wedding, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I would never put that on my kids. Like, yeah. If, if that's what you, you know, I mean, I would be a little bummed to not be at my kids' weddings, but it's like, if that's what they want to do, it, you know. Right. Exactly. It's like, as long as you're yeah. still in their lives, it's, it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I know. So that brings me to my another hot prop, which I think this is my last one, but the whole tradition of making the bride's parents pay for a wedding when she's obviously not that wealthy, marrying into this fucking giant rich family. Right. And I really look forward to having Doug as part of our family. So much so that you two should get married right now and save me a shitload of money. <laughs> Everybody always laughs at that, but I'm not joking. I'm not joking. 
That's yeah. actually a very tragic line. He doesn't have the right. money. Why is that happening? I, I want to think that behind the scenes, he's not paying for everything. You know, that God, I fucking hope I not. hope, I hope yeah. there are arrangements made in the background that we'll foot this bill because we have the money. This family is so wealthy and Helen is so wealthy. I'm going to her house. They have like a lawn jockey take you <laughs> on a horse to the house. And it's like, oh, that's a collar tugger, you know, like. <laughs> Uh, like, this is what Midwest wealthy people... I don't know. I was just like, ugh. Definitely has plantation vibes. Or- right, and the vibe is <laughs> yeah. black. And I don't think that would be a thing to put in the movie now, yeah. right? It was 10 years ago. Like, a lot changes in a decade, even. But- right, but there's sort of like a don't embarrass yourself in front of the rich people. And it's just like... Right, but really, they should be embarrassed. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah, like all the wealth in the movies. But I mean, I feel like the movie literally shits on all that. They're at the super fancy bridal shop where it looks like you can't even touch anything. And then everyone... <laughs> when they're at Helen's estate, that's when Kristen Wiig, like, tears everything apart, you know? <laughs> I'm I mean... Sorry to love. Oh, delicious! Put my cookie, I think I'll... take it down it's not like yeah. oh look at all this wealth isn't this great it's not like a yay rich people vibe yeah that's true i don't know what i'm saying <laughs> but i was just like You're saying down with rich people <laughs> i was saying rich people suck yeah annie i think she feels a lot of shame about where she is in life the dichotomy was really stark for me i think mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah really. i mean i feel like the movie is really addressing all that you know yeah it's like one of the layers that i think is so good in this that it's dealing with class issues you know i have one more hot prop that it's more like i think this is weird i would like some discussion on because <laughs> i love this conversation when annie and lillian are at breakfast coffee together and she's telling how she slept with john ham the night before mm-hmm. And I think it's really weird when Lillian basically asks her, did you blow him? And she says yes, and she's like, ugh. Ew, you had sex with him. We had a, an adult sleepover. Oh, did you let him sleep over in your mouth? Annie. I'm sorry. You're unbelievable. <laughs> he kept, like, putting it near my face. They do that, don't they? Even though I think it's very mm. funny when she's like, you just slap it away. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really, really weird. I feel like that speaks to a bigger thing for me. In movies, sometimes I think there's a weird thing about sex. Like, you're supposed to do different kinds of sex depending on your relationship with somebody. You know? uh-huh. Like, I feel like sometimes in a movie, it's like, if he loves you, he'll be super vanilla with you. I, I just like, Yeah, no, I see what you're saying you about, know? like, the blowjob stigma. Like, that's only if you love, you, you right. can love me when you love me kind of thing. <laughs> she already said she slept with him. Yeah. You know, she's like, you had sex with him, didn't you? She's like, yeah, we had a sleepover. And she's did you let him? Sleepover in, in her mouth. mouth. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's fucked up. If you're having sex with someone, I feel like anything's on the table. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Who cares? That really bugs me. Yeah, there's time. a little bit of judgment in it or something. Yeah. Who the fuck cares? Like, if you Do what you want. If you blew him, well, that's too far. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like your mouth is the more right. sacred hole. 
Right. I never <laughs> know if she's a feminist. There, there are yeah, no sacred holes, people. No yeah, sacred holes. I was wondering oh, that too. Yeah. Like, it was a judgment or like, that was a weird it's thing to say. It's opposite of sex positive, I think. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a little sex shamey, which is. It right, is. yeah. No right, way. exactly. <laughs> like, fuck that. Next call. Get a meaningful passage. Let's do it. Just like half the screenplay. <laughs> I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. Well, we're not even in the screenplay, because I'm sure this wasn't in the screenplay when Kristen Wiig's impression of a dick is so funny. <laughs> even though the conversation is problematic, but like, I just, it's so right. funny. Her face is so funny. <laughs> you don't want to look right at it. No. It's too aggressive. I don't it's care. Like, <laughs> Hello? <laughs> That's my impression. <laughs> Those Paul? are the balls? Yeah. I'm trying to make it round, but I can't because I have elbows. The opening scene is so funny. The opening scene with her and John Hamm. Like, oh, she's so good. She looked terrible. Oh, no. I'm sure I look terrible. I just woke up. Are you kidding? I'm sure I'm a mess. And how, like, she can't finish a sentence. She's like, yeah, I like, I'm, you know, I like, I like simple. We're on the same page. I mean, I don't, I'm not looking for a relationship right now either. Let's just say that. I just, whatever you want to, I can do, you know, I'd rather just... Like simple, not like other girls. Where I'm like, be my boyfriend, unless you were like, yeah. And I'd be like, maybe. That is just like a great Kristen Wiggism. Oh is just that God. like yeah. pattern so, that she does. So yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, the classic for me is, I really want you to leave, but I don't know how to say. Yes. Sounding like a dick. Wow, this is so awkward. I really want you to leave, but I don't know how to say it without sounding like a dick. Oh. That he does kill that line. He does. The face he makes. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh. The scene where she's like, why don't you come to the wedding with me? You should come with me to Lillian's wedding, maybe. Not like, not like that, like anything serious, but just like a fun time, you know? We could get dressed up, for dancing, and for drink. Be fun, right? No, I mean, what? I think you have to explain to all those people what a relationship is. You know, that would suck for you, right? Yeah, I guess so. I'm just thinking of you. Yeah, no. I've literally invited a guy to a wedding like that before. He didn't come with me, but it was mm -hmm. like, oh my god, I've had this exact conversation. Yeah. I don't want you to have to explain who we are. I mean, uh, that, would, that would really suck for you. I'm just thinking of you. <laughs> Actually, you don't mm -hmm. actually have to give an explanation at all. Like, this is my friend Ted. You know? right. Right? right? Jesus. Like, where are you that people demand an explanation of your relationship? Yeah, I just wish Kristen Wiig would just be like, yeah, actually, I don't really give a fuck or whatever. I don't know. It was she just She does, like, though. She has to get there. But she's right, got to yeah. get well, there. But... She does give a fuck, though, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time I saw Rebel Wilson was this movie, and she's just so deadpan. And my absolute favorite line is... I did not know it was your diary. Oh, right. I thought it was a very sad handwritten book. Although my favorite line from her was when her brother says she's on a tourist visa. Well, she can't work. She's no. on a tourist visa. Yeah, so technically I'm only allowed to tour. What am I going to have to do? Go out and be a prostitute? I don't want you to do Hello, that. Hello, fellas. No. Here I am. Yeah, your American sausage in no. my English McMuffin. No. I do really love the visual gag of dumping the peas on her bag, yeah. too. You have to keep it in the bag. The bag on it. I don't 
typically love Rebel Wilson, but yeah. I love her in this movie. Yeah, she was hilarious. I don't even love her entirely in this movie, but there are a couple moments. She's not 100% my sense of humor. Just There's some good lines. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like most of his movies improvised. I don't know if that's true, but I know there was an actual script for it. One scene in particular I know is improvised is in the jewelry shop between oh, her and the teenager. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, there's a point A and a point B, and the point A was... I'm looking for a birthday gift for my best friend. Oh. Oh, I get our necklace says best friends forever. And the point B is, you're a little cunt. I'm getting fired. <laughs> so, so basically, there's an extended version of that scene mm. on the DVD. I don't know if you watched it. Or it's really long. And they're just trading insults back and forth for like five minutes. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta watch it. I bet you don't even have a cell phone. You have a beeper. I do not have a beeper. Yes, you do. It's no, weird. I don't. Yes. I have a cell phone and it has many... What is it, one of those old Nokias? So what? Where did you pick that up? At the garbage dump? No. You don't get it there. Obviously, you need to get laid. You need to stop getting laid, because you're going to be a stripper. Well, at least I'm pretty enough to be a stripper. You obviously can't be a stripper. You're too ugly. I'm not going to be a stripper. No one would pay for you. That's not true. Every single one is a gem. I feel like if they just cut roads, they could have let that whole scene in. It would have been worth it. And it's not like Judd Apatow is opposed to that. Like the, you know how we know you're gay bit goes on and on and on and oh, on and right. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 40-year-old virgin, so. I love Melissa McCarthy when she's... The air traffic controller, like, who is Ben Falcone, who's actually her husband in real life. They are so hilarious together. And I think that's so great how every movie she's in, he shows up. Yeah, me too. I love the banter they have where they're sitting together in the plane. (laughs) And she's like, cut a hole in my pocket. You'll never see this (laughs) again. That can't be true. People don't keep guns up their asses because if you needed to use it, are you going to get it? He cut a hole in his pocket. What? He was he was in his back pocket. You gotta get something out of your ass and you cut a hole in the back of your jeans. You wanna tell me you can't get to something? I don't have a gun for you to put up my ass to make I your point. I can put my nano. I will show you. I will if you get me scissors, I will cut a hole in my pocket. And I you'll never find this again until I want you to find it. Yeah. I love it. She's so deadpan, so serious, and he is like trying not to crack up. That's true. You can see in his crying. eyes that he's practically crying. You don't between the cheeks, do you? No, I don't stick a gun up my butt. I mean, that's stupid. Up. Like every interaction that's going on in the plane <laughs> is so funny because I also love Ellie Kemper and. Rita. Ellie Kemper's character's name is Becca. Becca. I also love how Rita's hair is always so perfect. I don't want you to be a big fuck up like me. Mm -hmm. How do you think I feel like me? No, you can still turn it around. No, don't. Stop. You're more beautiful than Cinderella. You smell like pine needles and you have a face like sunshine. Every conversation that's happening on the plane is so funny all of that and then annie with the flight attendant and annie's like kind of a jerk to him but it's so so fucking funny he's like i have a man and my name is steve well calm her down you know what i understand but claire is right everybody go back to your seats okay you especially you have three seconds to get back to your seat you can't get anywhere in three seconds well you better try setting me up for a loss already okay thank you Whatever you say, Stove. It's Steve. Stove. What a kind of name is that? Oh, that's not a name. My name is Steve. Are you an appliance? No, I'm a man, and my name is Steve. You're a flight attendant. That's absolutely accurate. Stove. <laughs> <laughs> when he finds her 
not me. It's not me. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> I wrote down it's not me. Miss? Um, no, it's not me. Yes, it is you. Please go back to your seat. Yes, I'm with him. I'm, uh, I'm Mrs. Iglesias. Uh, Mrs. Iglesias? Uh, no, you're not. You were just out here and you put sunglasses on. I just love the way she, like, pokes at him when she says, whatever, stove. <laughs> Her little finger is just so fucking funny. It goes, like, <laughs> civil rights. It's I'm sorry. She's... I'm leaving. Thank you. This should be open, because it's civil rights. This is the 90s. Right. It's not. You're, you're in the wrong decade. You are. Oh my god. That was hilarious. Yes. That is so yes. funny. Even if that were just like a short film, <laughs> it would be perfect. Yeah. That was <sighs> I'm crying right now. No, it's not me. It's just so funny. Oh, uh, my favorite <laughs> she's got this big sunglasses on. Who she gets on the PA. It appears we've run into a rough patch of weather, so I have an announcement too. There is a colonial woman on the wing. There's a woman on the wing. I saw her. There is something they're not telling us. I was dying. It's like <laughs> such a nod to the Twilight Zone, the figure on the wing yes. part in the 80s. Yeah, I just love that. It's just so, so funny. Help me, I'm poor. Okay, everyone should experience first class at least once in their lives, and Annie shouldn't miss out just because she can't afford it. No, ma'am, I'm afraid that's not allowed. Help me, I'm poor. No. I fucking love that. Oh, also, Becca with her, could I have a glass of alcohol? Excuse me, um, could I have a glass of alcohol when you get a chance? Two double seven and sevens. Is that? You'll like it. It's sweet. I feel like she kills every little bit that she does. She's so funny in that movie. I like Kristen Wiig's mom played by Jill Clayburg. She's like such a that generation mom. I cracked up where she's like, have you seen Castaway? You know what just came in today on the Netflix? Mm. Castaway. Tom Hanks. It's like Forrest Gump but on an island. Oh honey, you're gonna love it. That is such a mom movie recommendation. I thought that was pretty <laughs> nailed. And I really like the callback later too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry! Oh, Wilson! <laughs> that movie is so dumb. <laughs> um, I really love. Get the together, Carol! <laughs> I think about that one a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Melanie <laughs> When they're Hustle. playing tennis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get your shit together, Carol! <laughs> oh, wait, I want to go back to her mom because I had a hard relate moment when she's talking about her stepmom, Barb. Oh. Because of that horror, Barb. And she's oh. like, they've been married 12 years. Oh. Don't talk to me about being by yourself. I go everywhere by myself. Well, you know, thanks to that new whore bar. Oh, no, I, I don't like to say it. They've been married know, 12 years. Like, oh, okay, but she's still a whore. Yes. You know, I'm sure she greets him in the evening. Beaver first. That's a hard relate because my mom would always refer to my stepmother as your father's mistress. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, like the whole time. Like they were, years. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she greets him beaver first. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even do that. That's a funny visual. Yeah, I also really like when Helen and Annie first meet, and Annie says, "You're so pretty," and Helen says, "You're so cute." So lovely <laughs> to meet Lillian's childhood friend. You're, you're so pretty. <laughs> You're so cute. Oh, you're so sweet. That is a really solid microaggression. I love that. Oh, God, I feel that. I feel that hard. You're so pretty. You're so cute. That's yes, really as good. a woman who is probably always going to be referred to as cute more than oh, anything. You're so pretty. 
There's like there's an old kids in the hall sketch that I have always hard related to. See, you don't have to worry about aging, Kath, but I do. For I am cute. Yeah, you are cute. But the cute as a species don't age well. One of my favorite lines in this whole movie, just because I love Rose Byrne and I love her delivery of this, is when they Bridal shop and she goes, ladies, start your enjeans. Yeah, let's have okay. some fun. Ladies, girls. start your enjeans. <laughs> she is the kind of character that I love, a little bit fake, like a realtor type of yeah. person, you know? So, like, I love, you know, I love that kind of character. It's like, <laughs> Lisa Kudrow. She she's a, <laughs> yeah, it is like the Lisa yeah. Kudrow and the comeback. I love Rose Even though she is married to Bobby Cannavale, which is very rude of her. I'm trying to get you to fight for your shitty life. Trying to get you to fight for your <clears throat> shitty life. And you won't do it. You just won't Stop do it. it. I mean, just that whole scene is brilliant from start to finish, but I really love that line. I do like his line, and this is right before Megan's pep talk, when he says this didn't happen because of Helen. I've had a horrible day. I don't need a lecture from you right now, okay? I just, Helen, just... Oh, this didn't happen because of Helen. This happened because you didn't get your taillights fixed pretty simple. Do you have any idea how frustrating it is to see you night by night drive past me with your fucking taillight still broken? Do you have any idea how crazy that makes me? It's a simple solution. Your problem, Annie, is that you just don't understand that you can hurt people with these broken lights. Don't you see how irresponsible this is? And then later, mm -hmm. Megan Sandery, you're your problem and you're also your solution. Megan, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Because I do not associate with people that blame the world for their problems. Because you're your problem, Annie. And you're also your solution. I really like that. It sort of forgives all my hot probs with Annie. Because I feel like the movie is saying so much of this is on her. Yeah. It's yeah. not excusing her behavior at all. Right. Even though she's the protagonist. There's nuance. There's not one character that's all good or all bad. Or that's the annoying one or that's the judgmental friend they're not being wronged even though maybe annie isn't taking total responsibility for a lot of things i thought it was great writing also that it's not like one of them deserves something like i feel like there's some entitlement for a main character like in this case it's just sort of a competition of the mm -hmm. best friend and it's not like the movie saying one of them deserves it and you want to see them win so right like, right this isn't a line, but I love the dancing that Annie does when she's like, I'm not drunk, and she just doing these hilarious dances. Yeah. And it's a little bit Gilly adjacent for me, which oh, I'm like, Gilly, yeah. the only person on earth who Gilly. loves Gilly. Her name is Gilly, and she's at it again, causing lots of ruckus like a barnyard kid. She's always bringing trouble, her hair is like a bubble, knock, knock, who's there is Gilly? Sorry. Wait, Laura was Gilly for Halloween one year. <laughs> oh, cute! Yeah, you should have her. Oh my gosh, we need those. Pictures. Okay, I gotta see that. Oh my god. Yeah, it was really cute. I Is mean, I wasn't there, but I saw a picture. <laughs> oh my god, I love Gilly Gilly. It's the dancing. She's just such a great yeah, physical her performer. Physical comedy is so funny. Yeah, her physical comedy on the plane when she's like down by the river. I'm so much more relaxed. Thank you, Helen. I just feel like. I'm excited, and I feel relaxed, and I'm ready to party with the best of them, and I'm gonna go down to the river! <laughs> I mean, in general, Crystal Vick's humor so is so much my shit. Funny, like, yeah. I liked the sketch on Saturday Night Live where it's like Lawrence Welk's sisters Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and she's like a like, flipper baby. Sisters always stick together.
She kind of comes across as someone who can't act normal for too long. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's like that's a hard relate for me. <laughs> right, and I kind of think of you back in this line when Annie is flipping out at the shower, and she says, "You're so far up to Helen's asshole," which I'm sure is perfectly bleached. If you got your beautiful haired head out of your asshole, in fact, out of her asshole, which I'm sure is perfectly bleached, you know what? It is! And you know how I know? Because I went to the fucking salon with her, and I got my asshole bleached too! And I love my new asshole! Wait, why do you think of me? I don't know, I feel like you've said stuff about like someone seems like they would have a bleached asshole. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm a little bit of an asshole like Annie sometimes. I think that's just a very funny line when she says, I love my new asshole. Yeah. It's just like because I've never been very good at womanly grooming, you know? It just never even occurs to me and normal women, that's a huge part of their lives and I'm just like, oh, I didn't even know I was supposed to be doing that. Well, I feel that so much too and it keeps changing what people are doing and I can't keep up with the trends. I don't know. <laughs> the like, trends, yeah. <laughs> the these, orifice trends about the orifice beauty movie. standards keep changing on me. Definitely it should be do whatever you want to your body and I'm totally cool with it if that's what you want but don't do it for a man obviously but there are so many things that I didn't even find out about until I was well into my 30s <laughs> as being a thing that like a lot of women do. There's a secret club of womanhood that I've never been invited to. <laughs> that's how it feels to me sometimes. I always feel like you never know who does what you know what I mean because like there's so much stuff that I have never been into like makeup they're like yeah. getting manicure Manny petties is like I would rather I mean well I wouldn't rather but it's about the same as going to the dentist for me it's completely unappealing but there's other yeah. stuff that I do that you might not think that I would do there's so much grooming like I don't see how anybody can do all the stuff you have everything waxed and bleached and plucked and polished and dyed one of my very favorite things that rachel bloom ever did she's the crazy ex-girlfriend i love her yeah Um, that show's awesome it's like one of the first episodes maybe even the first episode i can't remember it's like a musical comedy is it the sexy getting ready yes the sexy getting ready song yeah like every every episode has like three original songs what i did not know it's amazing like She's I just like, like by the title I feel like I she's don't a want total I like, feel you so hard on that. That's exactly what it is. It's it's like a subversion of that. Oh, it's man. so good. All of these people are musical theater Fuck. people yeah, and she wrote that. that. Oh, it's, it's so a terrible good. Terrible title, guys. I mean, not that you gave it the title. I know what you mean. I totally know what you mean. Even the theme song is telling you, if you get as far as just watching the, the right. first scene, you'll know that that's not what it is. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. What? No, I'm not. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. That's a sexist term. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. Can you guys stop singing for just a second? She's so broken inside. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. C-R-A-Z-Y. Okay, we get it. Like, is the main character the crazy ex-girlfriend? Like, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. so like a how I might be someone's crazy ex-wife. Exactly. Oh my right. god! I feel like I it's... I can't believe mm, it. I, There's so much yeah. catching up to do. She's, There's too many good TV shows out there. Oh my god, I'm telling me about it. I do really want to do a season where we just do, like, one-off episodes of TV shows. I would love that. I want to do an episode of The Leftovers, and I want to do that. Uh, but yeah, the Sexy Getting Ready song. Ooh, I yeah. will definitely do a drop right here. <laughs> Shining smooth. Oh, yeah. 
That song is so fucking brilliant, and it's just yeah. about like all the just painful millions of things you do to get ready, and yeah. how like exhausting it is. One more favorite line for me is "Dessert wine is out." I love how much she says that. Have a great night. Dessert wine is out. Okay. Dessert wine, yummy. And that's it for tonight. Thank you for coming. Really quick, Thank you all for coming. I just wanted to say really Dessert quick. Dessert wine is out. <laughs> Dessert wine is out. Well, is <laughs> I love everything ah! about this. Yeah. <laughs> Really quick, speaking of Consuelo, Lillian and I took Spanish together in school. And so I would just like to say to you and to everyone here, gracias para vivar en la casa, en las escuelas, en el azul marcada, tienes con vivir en las and then I, I love yeah, how they, is very funny. they sing that's what friends are for <laughs> in the end. Like, Helen's face at the end. It was so great. Keep smiling, keep shining, knowing you can always count on me for sure. That's what friends are for. In good times. And bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. That scene is very good. You know I love just random singing always. Yeah. So. <laughs> one other favorite line I have is Megan when she first meets her and she's talking about accident. Took a hard, hard, violent fall, kind of pinball down. Hit a lot of railings, broke a lot of shit. I didn't, I'm not gonna say I survived, I'm gonna say I thrived. I met a dolphin down there, and I swear to God that dolphin looked not at me, but into my soul, into my goddamn soul, Annie, and said, I'm saving you, Megan. Not with his mouth, but he said it, I'm assuming telepathically. Which is like very that. Megan, you know? That's like a great introduction of that character. Yeah, yeah, like what a horrible accident that happened yeah. to her and she's seeing the silver lining of that. Right. Like I had this connection with the dolphin. Right. And she had this terrible time in high school and then she's just like, I bought an 18 wheeler just because I could. Yeah. My other favorite line in that opening scene is when he's like, you slept over. I thought we had a rule against that. And then he goes, I'm just kidding. And she's like, you're funny in the morning. You slept Super not funny. Yeah. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. So Annie, not in a great place, is dating a terrible guy, played by John Hamm. 
who is so awful that he is not even in the credits. I'm sure that's not why he's not in the credits, but for the sake of the lunchtime poll, <laughs> yeah. who is the worst guy you dated who's so bad that he wouldn't even be in the credits of your life? So we won't name them mm-hmm. because that would be like putting him in the credits. Yeah, also, that's... I literally can't remember the names. I have two <gasps> options and I can't wow. remember either of their names. That's amazing. <laughs> I like that. Wow. Really? I mean, they were just like one dates for both of them. Oh, they were just okay. people I went on one date with, and they wow. were such bad dates that I was like, never doing that again. But anyway, this guy I thought of. I worked in various food service places in my university, like in the coffee shop and the sandwich station. He would always find me and come and try and flirt with me. I didn't feel like I was flirting back because he was like not really my type. He was kind of a sensitive ponytail man. He would be played by James LaGrosse <laughs> probably, but not credited. Sorry, James LaGrosse. He just like kept asking me out over and over again. He was like a graduate student. They had like an OTPT graduate program. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I forget that was a big um, so he was older. He was an older guy. Was not into him, but he would just always find me and flirt with me for like a couple years, at least junior and senior year, I want to say. I don't remember why I finally said yes. I don't remember why. But finally I was like, whatever, okay. And I went to a movie with him. He took me to see Meet the Parents. So I kind of like, I probably hate that movie. I probably hate that movie more than I otherwise would have been. (laughs) That movie sucks. I did agree to go see it because I love Ben Stiller. Still love Ben Stiller. Oh, whatever. But Ben Stiller has done a lot of bad things. <laughs> oh right, yeah. It's kind of a couple of moments, I guess. Yeah, but like, I just—it's not good. Yeah, it's not a good movie, man. No, no one's. Anyway, no, he, took me to, he took me to see that, Sorry. and then afterwards, like, we both had very different reactions to it. He was laughing his ass off, and I was pretty stone faced most of it. <laughs> and afterwards, he wanted to talk about how funny it was. And then he took me home, and he was like, "You know, I." have my massage table in, in the trunk of my car. <laughs> Would you like me to bring it into your apartment and give you a massage? Uh... Hard no. <laughs> but he was like, okay, well, I'll walk you to your door. And I had a male roommate at the time. I was giving him, please help get rid of this guy eyes. And he did. But before he did help get rid of that guy, he kept asking about the massage table. Like, he brought it up a couple times. Mm. He was just like, are you sure? Because, like, I need you for my studies or whatever. Like, I need to give a certain amount of massages. It'd really help me out if I could give you. And I was just like, dude, no. Please That's leave a little now. pushy, yeah. It was gross. But then the extra gross part was I started going out with this other guy. We had, like, a little summer romance. And I was really into that guy. I had stayed over. and He was getting picked up by his sister. <laughs> and they were going somewhere. And I was just staying until he left. There was a knock on the door, and I was expecting it to be a sister, but it was that guy. And he was like, I'd like you to meet my brother-in-law. What? <laughs> and the thing was, the guy saw me, and he was like, nice to meet you. Like, please don't bust me. I recognize you oh, thing. Geez. And I was just like, Ugh. So I didn't say anything at the time, because I was like, you're about to go somewhere. I'm not going to break up your family right now. But I definitely asked questions later and told him. I was like, oh, how long have they been married? And he was like, oh, like five years. Yeah, that's probably right. I think he does fuck around a lot. He was married the whole fucking time. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, so my brother-in-law thought that he's married to his sister. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can have in-laws and not be You just made me think of another person that I can talk about. Yeah. Whoa, that's super gross. I have two stories now, I think. There's just so many shitty guys. Uh, hard to narrow down. There really are. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, well, this is the front runner. Was this guy that I knew from a restaurant bar that I was a regular at. 
He was the cook there. He was like seven years younger than me. I thought he was really cute. I thought he was hilarious. We just had like a friendship and I only saw this person in the nighttime. This is not a person I saw when the, the sun was shining. We were always just like kind of like friends for a couple years, but I had a crush on him. He went up to Alaska once a year, like go work at this hotel and make some money up there. When he left Alaska, he did not have a place to live where he came back. And I'm like, you can stay on my couch until you find a place. It'll be fun. He was there like a month, basically. <gasps> oh, wow. And we would hang out when we weren't working and watch movies together, sometimes cook dinner together. And the lines between friends and whatever else we were, it was a little blurred. It was such a weird time. It was like, I know this guy is not my boyfriend, but it's still confusing. We never talked about any of that or established any whatever. Well, I was working on the east side at the time, so I had hired a dog walker because I was gone for a long time during the week. Yeah, I found out that he had gone out on a date with my dog walker. <gasps> and he was like, yeah, I went out with her. We had a couple beers and... And I was just feeling like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You, like, what is this? You gotta get out of my house. This is too weird for me. I can't do this. Oh, he stole my Donnie Darko DVD. Like, Aww. who does that to a person? This is really weird and it needs to stop right now. It was a supposedly fun thing that just got weird. My other person that won't make the credits is from back in Florida. I moved back after college and it's hard to meet people in my hometown. You're either a student at the university or you're family. It's hard to be a person in your mid to late 20s there because being a single person <laughs> is not easy. And I met this guy that I really thought was cool. He was nice and he was funny and we went on a couple dates. And then I found out through my friend like, hey, did you know he has a wife? <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? Because he was in the Peace Corps. And this was another mm. thing. I was like, oh, he was in the Peace Corps. And he did all these cool things. He Side note, there are a shit ton of predators in the Peace Corps. Oh. <laughs> I have a friend who was in the Peace Corps. She told me all kinds of stories about oh, other wow. Peace Corps dudes who were Whoa. terrible. So. That makes sense. A little bit of a red flag. Like her, See, her husband is, was also in the Peace Corps and was a good dude. Is a good dude, but... Yeah, well, I guess I was young. I was like, oh, that's so noble. Well, you think of, like, babies from Dirty Dancing, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of babies. Right, exactly. (laughs) But, okay, so he was in the Peace Corps in Kazakhstan. He married a woman there. She's, like, early 20s. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, I am married, but, you know, we're only staying together because she wants citizenship. He's like, we sleep in the same bed, but we have separate blankets. <laughs> and there's a hole in the blankets. <laughs> yes, I know. And whenever the holes line up, we fuck, but that's, yeah. it doesn't happen that often. Right, and I'm like, oh, okay. Let me think about this. But I wanted to be open-minded. And she worked at the mall in one of the department stores. I remember one time, I got a phone call and it was her and she was looking for him. And I was like, how do you have my number? Like, did he give you my number? This is just too weird. It was such a bummer because I thought Mm -hmm. I could really like this person. And then he stood me up for a date and then I was just like, fuck this. I can't deal with this anymore, (laughs) you know? My goodness. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I only have one. 
I mean, I don't only have one bad person. You only have one you want to tell. Yeah, yeah, only one I'm going to tell. Okay, so when I was 19, just turned 20, I was still living in my hometown. I had, had like, a rough adolescence, so I kind (laughs) of took some time off between high school and moving away to college. So this was the last three months that I lived in my hometown. I was planning to move away and go to college like in the fall and so in that spring like I was kind of just killing time when I was working in this bagel shop. (laughs) I turned 20 during this time so that's how young I was and so there was this guy that worked there and he was 32. (laughs) um, There were a lot of red flags but he was like a raging alcoholic. And also dating me. Was super, super into Charles Bukowski. Oh, <laughs> God. Anyway, I really liked him, like, at first. I grew up in Jersey, so, like, when we went out, we, like, took the train into the city and, like, went bar hopping in the city. I don't know how I did that because <laughs> I was 20, and I don't know. I guess he took me to, like, super divey places that were not going to check my ideas, right? Because I looked like I was about 10. So I dated him for a pretty short time. I'm sure I've told this story before, but, like, so one night, I was at his place. It was a Friday night, and we both had work in the morning, the next morning. early, early. Very early, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, probably have to be there at, like, 7. Or we might have opened at 7. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. super early. And, like, we hung out. Like, we hooked up. So then I was going to go home, and it was still kind of early. He got all crazy paranoid. Like, he was definitely, like, drunk and high. (laughs) (laughs) He got all crazy paranoid that I was going to go meet up with someone else, or that I had, like, a second date that night. (laughs) Which was weird, because I feel like we also were officially not exclusive in the sense that he like made sure that I knew that he was dating other women. He was first of all completely wrong. I wanted to go home because I had to get up early. I still lived at home, you know, so I wasn't like allowed to like stay over at his place, you know, <laughs> right? So he was like crazy paranoid, like where are you going? Who are you meeting? Like no, and I just want to go home and I like get up to go to the door and he physically stopped me from leaving, like Ugh. both wrists in his hands. And I was like, oh fuck. So it was like a really terrible experience, like just this thing that went on and not letting me leave and I'm like I just want to go home we both have to get up like super early tomorrow I'm not going anywhere mm-hmm. you can see me in the morning so it was like oh just come over and talk to me on the couch he's like literally still holding my hand so we're sitting on the couch I was like finally convinced him like I am just going home and then he let go, so I got up to him, and he grabbed me again. He's like, oh, well, don't, what's your hurry? You know, I'm like, what you, what's my hurry? Like, we've been talking about this for like half an hour, you know? <laughs> so this happened three different times where it was like, he's like physically restraining me from leaving. <sighs> and then I finally convinced him, whatever. And then it's like, oh, not too bad. You know, you went to, like, so this was like a total fucking nightmare. So finally I convinced him, I let me leave. And I remember we're at his front door, and he's trying to be like romantic and he says like, do you believe that i really care about you <laughs> oh my god what a wrong read of a situation wow. you have if you think right now i'm like i just hope he really cares about me you know <laughs> yes. right and then he was like do you want me to like walk you part way home he lived literally on the other side of the tracks you know so he was just, like i'm going to walk me like to the train tracks I'm like no and the next day i show up at work and he's all so how was your other date last night i'm like fuck you he's like you know what really gave you away is that you uh, didn't want me to walk you home i'm like well i didn't want you to walk me home because i was scared of you because you were being like so fucking scary right yeah so that made him really mad it was really interesting now in retrospect how like when a man is confronted with his own bad behavior like it makes him mad because he was Mm -hmm. so mad then he was like 
fuck you. So I had to work with him. And it's not like this was a very important job. I did eventually, not long after I left that job anyway, working in this very hostile environment. He was so hostile, so mad. This all mm-hmm. played out in a couple days. But that same day, he called me, left a message that looked, I want hot water music back, which is a Charles Bukowski <laughs> So I did bring him that. And I wrote a note in there saying, here's what happened from my perspective, which was basically like, why wouldn't I be scared? You were drunk and yelling at me and physically not letting me leave your apartment like why would that not be scary for somebody and so he did get that it's something that i realize now that every man has like a line that they won't cross which i'm sure for him we got right up to that line they expect you to know that he's like what did you think i would do i would never hit you i would never do why would i assume anything (laughs) i'm a little embarrassed to say like we made up and then still dated for like a little bit longer but only like a couple weeks he completely completely lost his mind when I broke up with him a couple weeks later. He really spiraled, ended up having to move to Florida. He really fell apart. It was really crazy. But the foreshadowing of that is that when we made up from that whole thing, then he was telling me how he was so surprised about how upset he was mm-hmm. about this. And he said to me, and this is like how detached I was from it, that I, I wasn't even offended by this. He was like, I mean, I thought you were just a throwaway that I was Oh gonna, my God! Went, I was going to fuck you a few more times and then you could cry in your pillow over it. <laughs> what like, the fuck? Imagine thinking I would cry over you. I couldn't even be offended because he was so off base. Because I I was also aware that you absolutely did not think that. You know, like you might have thought that, but yeah, <laughs> he was surprised to learn that he had feelings for me. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had an accurate read of this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you had feelings for me and I don't have feelings for you. <laughs> so, oh man, that wow. was fucking crazy. How very. This ended up being a fun lunchtime fall. <laughs> It's fun to make fun of yeah. shitty dudes. Yeah, because it's like, there's so just numerous. a well of information out there <laughs> about the... Different ways that guys can be terrible. Different ways, yeah. Many different ways. And yet somehow all the same way. I have the funnest of facts about Melissa oh, McCarthy's yay. character. She told an interviewer in GQ magazine that she based her look on Guy Fieri. <laughs> oh my god, I Aww. love that. Which I also really like because I feel like Guy Fieri has had a tide turn on him. Yes, I love it. It used yes. to be so cool to make fun of him, but now everyone's oh like, god, he's, to like him. Yeah. I love that He's him. done more for the restaurant industry this past year than... Our government, like he's, like he's raised like twenty eight million dollars. He's cheesy, but he's like a really good dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we watch a lot of Triple D and Triple G in the COVID times. <laughs> As that's diners, drive-ins, and dines, and, yeah, and guys' grocery do. games. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I know Lindy West really loves guys' grocery games. I haven't Who seen it, but Lindy West does. Oh, cute. oh my god, it's like supermarket yeah. sweep, but they yeah. make a meal. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's cool. Nicole Byer likes it too. So yeah, two people who are like very much trust their taste. <laughs> right? Yeah, I love the, the <laughs> yeah. moment that he's had. That is a it's really fun really fact. <laughs> and I guess the other fun fact: Chris O'Dowd was originally gonna do it American accent, <gasps> oh, but no. everyone was so enamored with his Irish accent that they were like, <laughs> "You have to just talk like that." Even though it kind of did create a little bit of a pothole. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a pothole, but just like a, a... It's a question mark. A, a question mark, right? yeah. I didn't know that you could be a cop here if you weren't a citizen. You can't. No. No. No, you can't. But they made a special dispensation because I'm so tough and strong. Oh, right. And handsome. Oh, okay. 
You're pretty. You're pretty tough. I am tough. You're tough. You're a tough cop. <laughs> you're saying it, but you're laughing. I don't think you can become an immigrant cop. I don't think that's possible. I don't know. Yeah, I've never... it is really cute. I was like, they bent the rules because I'm so tough and handsome. Oh yeah, he keeps talking yeah. about how tough he is. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It is hilarious in a way, but also I'm like, oh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's but... hilarious and cute as a cop can be, which is not. Right, exactly. Which is just the tiniest bit, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's literally as far as we can get with that. Right. <laughs> Definitely yeah. the official PIP stance is ACAP. Yeah. Greetings and salutations. I wanted to shout out Norm. I think it's his username that I saw on iTunes. He oh, you think he gave us a review? Well, oh, I, I think thanks, I know Norm. his name. Aww. Yeah, Norm said something nice oh, on our nice. reviews on Apple. And I definitely noticed the one from Ryan as well, from X-Rated Pod, which is, I'm going to plug X-Rated Pod again because it's one of my truly very favorites. And even if I didn't know and like the dudes, I would listen mm-hmm. to it every I week. I like it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. His, yeah, his review of Pain and Puke was really nice. He's really into the Mario, Mario. Uh, I love that. Which I love that. He put that on Twitter about the sling blade voice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the movie kind of takes place in two places. Milwaukee, which I guess is a suburb of Chicago for some reason, just because of how close everything is together over there. Yeah. That's just not something I'm familiar with. But because a lot of it's in Chicago, and I think we had like one download from Wisconsin. Is that where Milwaukee is? Yeah. We had numerous downloads from Illinois. So shout out to Illinois. Illinois. Nice. There, I don't think. I have two Brand. relatives by marriage that live in Chicago. My sister <laughs> lived in Chicago for a long time, but she doesn't anymore. Yeah, Illinois. Cool. I like it when unusual locations are in a movie because yes, it's yeah. just always LA or New York. Yeah. It's done yeah. much. Milwaukee setting. Yeah, I like the easy takes place in Chicago. Yeah. Too. I like, I like, at first, I thought it was like a, a New York show or something but there's yeah, definitely like a similar vibe in chicago yeah chicago's kind of like new york with worse weather i feel like <laughs> right. yeah. chicago seems really cool but i'm so picky the about weather extreme weather i can't yeah. i can't yeah, it's I extreme on both ends uh-huh I think. it's like the it's summer's like, unbearable and the winter's it's unbearable. never reasonable yeah. i don't even understand how anyone came to live there let alone made it like a major metropolitan right. area <laughs> yeah it's like the third one on the next episode of Paid and Puke, we're getting dark with Derek Sion France's 2010 drama, Blue Valentine, starring Michelle Williams. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid and Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid and Puke is hosted by Amy Green. Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at PaidInPukePod, on Instagram at PaidInPukeSeattle, or join us on Facebook at PaidInPukePodcast. Thanks for listening. Dessert wine is out. Dessert wine, yummy.